0: Recently, I ran into Russ Climey in Grand Rapids, Michigan. He's a photographer and runs a photography business. He wanted to scale it up, so he hired one of our StoryBrand certified marketing guides, and you won't believe what happened next. After listening to the podcast uh, for the past few years and then picking up the StoryBrand book, I actually went through and did all the exercises that are laid out chapter by chapter and then took some time and actually hired a StoryBrand certified copywriter from the ClarifyYourMessage.com site. Uh, and that was a fantastic experience. Just wanted to let the world know that this process works. And over the past 12 months, we've actually seen revenue grow 22%. And what's more amazing is if you actually go 24 months, uh, we're actually up 54% in 24 months. So just wanted to say many thanks to Donald Miller, the team at StoryBrand. And if you're having doubts about whether this process works for small business, know that it does. If you're interested in hiring a StoryBrand certified guide, just go to clarifyyourmessage.com and start turning your business around today. That's clarifyyourmessage.com. Thanks, Russ, and congrats on all your success. Welcome to the Building a Story Brand Podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. I'm your host, Donald Miller. I'm joined by my co-host, JJ Peterson. Hi, JJ. Hi, Don. JJ, bad news. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Bad news followed by good news. Okay. A recession is coming.
1: Okay, so that's the bad news, I'm assuming. That's the bad news, (laughs) and the good news is
0: it can actually benefit you. You know, back in the day, and I'm going to get to the stats in a second that are saying a recession is coming, and this whole episode is about how to survive a two- to three-year downturn in the market and not only make money, hopefully more money, but come out and smoke your competitors as you pull out of the recession. Yeah, That's the idea, and there's just five things we're going to talk about. But you want to smoke them, yeah? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Because they're going to do some some intuitive things. Yes, they're going to trim their overhead. They're going to decrease a lot of stuff, and they're going to weaken during a recession in order to save money. And we want to position you to get lean. There's no yeah. question about that. Yeah. But really, see this as a three year exercise to smoke your competition when we come out yeah. of the recession, and also not lay anybody off and not make any less profit. So that we're going to talk about, good news. It is good news. <laughs> I'll take that good news. What <laughs> happened to you in 2007 and
1: 2008 though? Um I became an improv comedian. <laughs> <laughs> of studies show during a recession. There's big money uh in improv. Huge money in (laughs) improv when you're touring around. I actually lived in Arizona. In your van? No, I lived in a house. I owned a house. As an improv comedian. Before I was an improv comedian. Pure fiction. No, no, no. (laughs) I owned a house. And this was right before the recession. I decided to go into improv comedy. It was a genius move. And um, sold my house. I got really lucky. Sold my house really at a good time. And within, I believe it was three months... My house had dropped by about $60,000.
0: So after you sold after it? After I sold it. Wow. Yeah, you it, literally got I the last I just parachute. got out of
1: it. Yeah. And then I moved to California and lived at the beach and did improv comedy. So the recession for me was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> it's because I actually did kind of downsize. The one thing I didn't people bought. I was is getting ready. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They needed to laugh. A lot of people needed to laugh during the recession. So I
0: bought a condo in 2005 or six. Mm hmm. And sold it. There was a house that I wanted that was on the market. I needed to sell my condo, of course, to get that house. Yeah. Sold my condo, and the other house sold out from under me. Oh wow! So I'm sitting, but I sold my condo for one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars less than what I bought it for two and a half years oh earlier. Oh my gosh! And the only reason I justified that was I'm going to get the other house. Yeah. For also a deal because yeah. it was down, and you know how that works. And that house sold. Out from under me, and I'm sitting on my life savings. Yeah, and I put it into an investment and lost it all. In and you guys have heard that story. So 2000, I think it was eight. I went from you know I don't mind sharing the numbers. All the blue like jazz money, all the money I'd ever had from best-selling books. I never spent a lot of it. I remember buying a new Toyota Tacoma and feeling so guilty for two months (laughs) that I bought a new car. Yeah. So I was good with it. And everything got down to five thousand dollars. Oh my gosh! And which is, you know, that's a, a luxury. I still understand. Yeah. But sometimes being a writer is like being in the NFL. Where you get one best-selling book, you better save your money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you, like, you, you don't know. Yeah. You don't know where it's going. And uh, it ended up being, of course, the greatest thing that ever happened to me, but one that I don't want to repeat. Yes. It's yeah. kind of like getting the flu to lose five pounds. Yeah. <laughs> There are other ways, <laughs> there, God. There, there are, are other ways, ways for me that. to learn my lesson, <laughs> <laughs> in the recession, uh,
1: than by puking my guts out <laughs> for two days. Nevertheless, yeah. uh, it's going
0: to happen. If it doesn't happen this year, uh, one, uh, there was a prominent economist I, I listen to sometimes, and he said, "I think we're safe for the year. Jobs are up." They're up another 0.3% this month, which is crazy going into a recession that more people are hiring. That's really wonderful news. However, some mixed reviews, existing home sales are down by 19.8%. That's significant. People stop buying big things when they get worried. Car sales are down by 17%. This is all from Forbes. Non-residential construction, that is commercial construction, down by 6.6%. So- What's happening is more people are hiring, but consumers are saying, I'm a little bit worried, and that affects everybody listening because if consumers are worried, they're less likely to buy your product. Now, we may make it through 2019 without a recession. I would bet at this point that we're not going to make it through 2020. There's going to be a recession. I I hope it will be minor. I don't think we will be affected like the rest of the world will be affected, but we're going to be affected. And that means if you sell something, you might be selling less of it. Here's what Forbes says. One of the most closely watched predictors of a potential recession just yelped even louder. The signal lies within the bond market through which investors show how confident they are about the economy by their level of demand for U.S. government bonds. It's called the yield curve. And a significant part of it flipped Friday. Just what? three days ago, four days ago, for the first time since before the Great Recession. A treasury bill that matures in three months is yielding 2.46%, 0.03 percentage points more than the yield on a treasury that matures in 10 years. So this is what that means. People are doing more short-term bonds than long-term bonds, and yeah. what that says in the market is we think we're good for three months. Yeah. But I wouldn't bet on ten years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. I'm okay. I'm okay for the next three to six months, but then the, after that, let's. That's uh, let's, right. Let's hold off a little bit. That's let's right. Just wait.
0: So you got to imagine the average consumer is going to spend, you know, average of seven to ten thousand less dollars in the coming three years, and that's going to affect your business. So what do we need to do? in order to protect ourselves from that. And JJ, we have five things that you need to do. You yeah. can actually get this at recessionready.com. You can get it on paper. So just uh, go to recessionready.com and print this PDF, but JJ and I are going to go through it. So here's what we'll do, and, and, and we're just gonna go through the PDF and talk about it and elaborate a little bit more than what's actually in the PDF. But if you want the basics, make sure you download it. And here's the thing. Even if you're not preparing for a recession, these are five things that you should do with your business.
1: Period. Yeah, period. Just to have a strong business.
0: Yeah, this is
1: uh, one of the great things about
0: lean times, and I remember this about the recession. It made me go back and look at my finances and get things in order. Mm-hmm. And I would say, I still say, and I've said a million times, the lessons I learned during that recession are the reason ten years later that that I'm doing as well as I'm doing. And if without that recession, I would have just kept kind of spending money, not paying attention to what I was, yeah. you know, what I was doing. I wouldn't have invested in assets or tried to protect. You know, downtimes, cyclical downtimes, which are normal. Every ten years, we tend to slide toward a recession. Uh, two thousand seven, two thousand eight was monumental, and that was because of the banking uh, industry and mortgage market. But these are good things, and so that's really before we even get into this, the whole mentality that you've got to go into is this is a good thing. And uh, I've even thought. You know, as we go into a recession, you know we have a luxurious kind of profit margin that that is really nice that allows us not to lay anybody off. But if we do less business, then what I want to do is prepare products for when we come out of the shoe. I just want to make the company stronger and stronger and stronger because the business is going to come back. Yeah, you're not dead. It's going to come back. And so consider this some sort of benefit, and you'll just have a much better attitude and about these it. these
1: are all things that we are doing currently. So we're yep. not even just saying, hey, no, everybody else this. we are setting this up, we are trying to set ourselves up to not only make it through the recession, but come out stronger, when, if and when that comes. And so these are five things we have already put in place, we're continuing to do. So I'm going to tee you up with it, okay? So okay. So we can talk about this for a second. So the first one, this is something that we really, I was really involved with, our leadership was really involved with the beginning of this year. Yeah was the first principle is refine your guiding principles. That's right. Yeah.
0: Mission statement and core values.
1: Yeah. What is your company about and why are you doing what you're doing?
0: That sounds like a, like how does that help you prepare for a recession, right? Mission statement and core values. What it does is it unifies your team around a common purpose and gets everybody going in the same direction. Yeah. That that lean kind of idea saves waste. Yes. So you can let people go and you can uh, lay people off, which nobody wants to do. Or you can get everybody working in the same direction at a unified pace, and now you take what was fat that you were going to have to get rid of, and you turn it into lean muscle. Yeah. But the way to do that is to get everybody unified around a common purpose. So we've just found, if we go through our mission statement and core values, every team meeting, which is what we do, yep. everybody knows what they're supposed to be working on, and they know the end goal. You know, if you don't know where you're going, you can walk in circles all day and get there. Yeah. But if you yeah. know where you're going, you use half the energy yep. so here's the thing and you can download It's again it's at recessionready.com download it but I talk about what it takes to make a good mission statement, and I'm actually writing a book right now called "Kill Your Mission Statement." Yeah. <laughs>
1: and,
0: and gosh, it's so fun to write it. Here's the thing that you need to remember, though, about this: the the mission statement needs to be compelling. Don't use business speak. Yeah, it should preferably actually be a mission. Yeah. So um, you try to recruit an army by saying, "We're going to serve our customers." And increase our profit margin by five percent. Nobody is going to fight with you. Yeah. Right? No nobody's gonna go, Oh gosh, I gotta sign up for that. But if you say there are two hundred and fifty thousand stray dogs in the country. They're all going to die if they don't get homes and we're going to find all of them homes. Yeah. You're going to have people volunteering.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that it's- But if you,
0: if you say like, uh, we're going to deal with the canine crisis with integrity, <laughs> yeah. you're not going to have anybody. Come no. on. It's got to be something no. we
1: understand. No. And so many companies, we find that when we work with them, they've, they've spent a lot of time. They've gone on retreats and they've taken yeah. their <laughs> retreats, leadership out. Which is exactly you what know, it was. They retreat. retreated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're trying to create these. And what they're doing is they're trying to, in many ways, impress the people who are outside of the walls, right? They're trying yeah. to create this mission. They're that, trying to sound smart. Yeah. And they're trying to impress people when in reality, what this is, is about aligning your team around a common vision and goals.
0: Yeah. And it, it's gotta be a compelling vision. You just say to yourself, will this make a good movie? Yes. Like read your mission statement, say, would I want to see a movie about that? Yeah. And if you don't, Forget it. I was in a, a suite in a building in a town I will not name in a company I will not name, <laughs> yeah. and I was I was in their C suite meeting with their executives, and they were more or less I'll just say they were an architecture firm. Yeah. And the guys said, well, our team is really aligned. You know, our mission statement is very important. This room actually went on a forty-eight hour retreat to come up with it. It's painted on the wall outside of this room. You know, I was feeling a little cocky. I said, I, I doubt it's uniting your team. I doubt it's, it's I, I've never seen a mission statement invigorate passion in a team. It's probably not working the way you think. He said, no. And he, he really kind of pushed back in a very friendly way. We yep. knew each other enough to do that. I said, okay, don't, this is the CEO. I said, okay, don't say anything. And I pointed at the CFO who, and I said, Were you at the retreat? He said, Yes. So you spent 48 hours coming up with a mission statement. He said, Yes. I said, What is it? He couldn't tell me. Yeah. <laughs> no, the,
1: <laughs> yeah. If, yeah.
0: If the guy who co wrote the thing Can't tell doesn't you remember it, it, yeah. Guess what? It is not inspiring or motivating your team. Yeah. So make it open a story loop, make it something a movie could be about, make it street language. We're here to save all these dogs from being, from starving to death. Let's get to that level, right? Yeah. Now, here's the thing with your core values. We made this mistake, JJ. Remember our first evolution of core values? They yes. Were,
1: eight of them? Ten of them? Ten. Yep. Yeah, ten.
0: So I knew that, you know what? These aren't working. Nobody remembers them. Yeah. And I actually got a film guy to (laughs) here, Steven, is on our staff. And I said, Steven can you bring a camera to our next <laughs> meeting, yes. like with the whole staff? And Stephen pulled them out one by one outside of the room and filmed them and said, "Can you name any of our core values?" Yes.
1: Can you? What's our mission statement? What what's are our, our core yeah, values? Nobody can name the mission no. statement, but that was over. So <laughs> no.
0: we had to. This is where. By and, the way, we're learning. Yes. We, we learned this the Everybody, hard way.
1: It was so hilarious. Everybody thought they're in trouble because I couldn't name our mission statement. But we <laughs> no, wanted to prove a trouble. point. We wanted to prove a point. Well, that, not like, only that, my wife, yes. who I live with, <laughs> yeah. couldn't name any of them. Yes. And so. If my wife can't name it, and then here's the sad thing:
0: I genuinely couldn't remember our mission statement, but yes. I did win. I remembered two of our eight core
1: values. Yes, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. I won the contest. Here's the thing: and this is advice from uh, Ken Blanchard. It's a it's great advice. Have three, yep, core values. That's it. Three. You get three, and they need to be in rank order. Yeah, and so Disney's is safety and then essentially it's customer service, but they say it a little bit differently. But the reason they do it in rank order is people have to know which ones to be loyal yeah. to if they're conflicting. Yeah. And so if you're at a theme park, at a Disney theme park, and you're doing customer service, and you're making the customer happy, and you hear somebody screaming, you get to stop making that customer happy and go figure out who's screaming yeah. and why. fix the Because security issue. trumps, yep. the, and so three core values, rank order, and then the other part of this is you need to implement this. Yeah. You need to repeat it over and over and over until everybody has it memorized. What we do is at our stand-up staff meeting on Monday morning and also on Wednesday, we basically start the meeting by saying our mission is this, mm-hmm. our core values this, and a new, a different employee actually does it every time. Yeah. So what that does, you know, you learn something by teaching it and somebody else has to teach it. And now we fix the problem. I, I think everybody s- can repeat it for I, sure. I, I hope so. Yeah. I think so. I think if Steven went out and filmed everybody, they could do it. Now, yeah. what has that done for our team? Well, we had our best quarter in the history of the company, uh, yep. first quarter, and we're up by thirty percent, and that is holding on to a sixty percent increase from last year, yeah. and improving on it by thirty percent with no new products. Yeah, and I think it's because you know your mission statement and core values are what the caller yells in the robot. Think of like the Harvard out on the yeah whatever that river is in Boston, and they're they're competing. as the caller is calling the rhythm and making yeah. it all happen. And it's, here's where we're going, here's how we're getting there. Here's where we're going, here's how... What does the world have to do with a recession? It absolutely increases the efficiency of your entire organization, and you need to get lean. Yes. Now, here's what your competitor is going to do. Your competitor is going, we got to get lean. Who can we fire? Yeah. Now they've got less people dealing with their customers, so that's going to cost them money. They've got bad morale because you're firing people. Yep. That's going to cost you money. I remember once getting laid off the job when I was in my twenties. Got laid off right before Christmas, three weeks before oh Christmas, goodness, while yeah. the boss was building an addition to his home. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about a morale <laughs> yeah. bomb?
1: For real. And to his
0: yeah, yeah, for real. To his credit, I actually went to him and said the optics aren't good.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he, he, he brought everybody back. Yeah. It's just going to create much, much more efficiency. Okay, so you got to do that. I've got a book coming out about it. Yeah, it, but it's going to come out after the recession, so you got to yeah, do it now. Yeah, exactly. Okay, JJ, so what's guiding, second?
1: So the first thing about getting yourself recession-proof is refine your guiding principles, get everybody united. Yeah. The second one that we talk about a lot and <laughs> live a lot is create a sales funnel. That's right. If you do not have a sales funnel, if you do not have a system for walking people through how to engage with your products. You are missing out.
0: Well, and here's the great thing: if you don't have a sales funnel and you create one, there's a chance you will grow during the recession. Yes. Now, if there weren't a recession, you would have grown a lot more. Yeah. But anybody who doesn't have a sales funnel is you haven't put the money into what you really need to put the yeah. money into. One, a sales funnel is cheap. It's very cheap. It's it's very it's extremely inexpensive.
1: It mostly costs you time.
0: Right, and so you just got to do it. A sales funnel is. You know, if you want to use a story brand sales funnel, we call it the story brand marketing checklist. Mm-hmm. It is a one liner, a great wireframe landing page or website. Your website should be making you money, a landing page, a lead generator that gets somebody's email, and then an email sequence that sells them something. Yeah. The way sales work is just exactly the same way relationships work it's the same way you met your husband or your wife. It is curiosity, enlightenment, and commitment. They're curious about you. Then you enlighten them about the fact that you're not a you know a bad person and you're compatible, and then you commit. Yep. It's the same with the loyalty to a brand. You're curious about the brand, they enlighten you about how they can make your life better, and then you commit through purchasing or lifelong purchasing. The great thing about a sales funnel is it covers curiosity and enlightenment without you ever talking to the person. Yeah. So what's happening now is you're going and you're asking for a commitment. And they're not ready for a commitment. It's like going on a first date and saying, Will you marry me?
1: Yeah.
0: It's it's you know, your chances are very slim. And anybody who says yes, is nobody you want to be married to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the exact wrong yes, person exactly. to get married to. Try it. I promise you. It's true. <laughs> but with a sales funnel, you've done that work behind the scenes. So your sales reps are going to have better leads and they're going to close those leads easier. You just need a sales funnel. It is a one-liner, a landing page or website, a lead generator that collects email addresses and an email sequence that continues to enlighten and closes the deal. If you don't have those, do it. And I don't want this to be a podcast that's just an infomercial that's selling us things. You can do that on your own. You can also do it at one of our workshops, or you can go to Clarify Your Message and have one of our certified guides do it for you. Create a sales funnel now. A complete sales funnel should cost you between ten dollars and $15,000. StoryBrand, by the way, doesn't get that. I don't sell sales funnels. Yeah. I point you to the people who I certified to make them. There are 350 of those people. there at clarifyyourmessage.com. It's $10,000 to $15,000. Do it right now. Yeah. And then you're going to have leads. What you're going to be missing during the recession is leads. Yeah. And you're going to have leads if you have a sales funnel, so you got to do that. JJ, what's third?
1: The third one is streamline your product offerings.
0: Streamline your product offerings basically means this. You are probably spending a lot of time on a product that doesn't deserve the time.
1: Yes. (laughs) I
0: don't think I've gone into any company that didn't need to kill some aspect of their business. Yeah. And I know it it sounds crazy because you're like- well, Don, you actually want me to kill a $10,000 revenue stream going into a recession yes and the reason is because only if you are spending an enormous amount of time making that $10,000 that you could put into something that would make you $100,000 yes right you have to count the opportunity cost and the the biggest business lesson i've ever learned is the simplest thing everybody ought to understand opportunity cost is something you have to factor into everything yeah so the stronger you can sense and understand opportunity cost, the better you're going to be in business for the rest of your life.
1: Yeah. And I was working with a company who I also shall not name in a town (laughs) I shall not name. (laughs) Right. And But they are a worldwide multi-billion dollar brand. So they're a very large company. And they were really known for one primary product. And they were expanding their market. And they were trying to grow it by offering a few other things. And what ended up happening through that is they were really confusing their customers about who they were they were losing their old ones, and they weren't really gaining any new ones because they weren't able to clarify that message.
0: Once you get known for something, it's very hard to be known for anything more. Yes, And it is, it's is—it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did it. I did it in my career. It's known as a Christian memoirist. Now I'm a business guy. Yeah, But you have to be very, very strategic, unapologetic, yes. and you have to repeat what the new thing you want to be known for over and over for, I think, three years Years. Yes. Yeah. And so they, that's a calculation you've got to make.
1: And they were, th- about 80% of their revenue came from the product that they were known for. And 20% came through the new stuff that they were creating. And then I asked them, so of that 20% of the new stuff, how many people who are buying that started with your original product? And mm. they said 80 to 90%. So even of that 20%, everybody else came through this other... product first and so what we end up doing is saying let's get back to the basics let's get back to what you're Mm -hmm. known for and become the best in the world because they have the ability to do that in this space Yep, and own that you can actually have some of this other stuff You can sell these downline products after people are in, but when you're trying to be all things to all people, you really miss out on all of it. And so it's not that they, even for them, they didn't get rid of those products. They got rid of the energy they were putting towards it. So they still sold it, but all of their energy went on, we're going to become this. We're going to become the best in the world at this. And that's a big thing that I find with a lot of people. Some people do have to kill some products. They're trying to fight for something that isn't ever going to make them money. But really a lot of it is, where are you putting your time in? energy because yeah. there's an opportunity cost there. We talk about how when you're on a sailboat, there's the big sails and then there's the little sails. And we want to say, where's the wind already blowing in the big right. sail? You don't want to like pull up this tiny little sail and say, we're going to put all of our energy yeah. and try to move this whole boat forward well, with this that's tiny what we, little yeah, sail.
0: I've said that to so many businesses. That's really the exercise we need you to do. We need you to list your revenue streams. How yep. do you make money? And then here's the temptation for no, most businesses. They, they make ten million dollars on this giant sale, and they make half a million dollars on this sale in the sailboat. And they think, well, if I want to make twenty million, I should turn the half a million into another ten million. And that's not it. Mm-hmm. The, the, you got to ask yourself: Is the big sale that's making ten million? Have I got any room in the market for more? Yeah. How much market share do we actually have? How much more money is there? And chances are, you've not even come anywhere close. Yeah. So it's much easier to turn 10 into 20 than 500,000 into 10 million. Yep. Much easier. Yeah. And then you got to ask yourself, how much bandwidth are we putting in to this half a million trying to turn into 10 million? If we took that bandwidth and put it in the 10 million, it would go to 20 or 30 or 40 really quickly. Yeah. And it's just much, much easier to make a big thing bigger than a small thing big.
1: We're directing a lot of this at business owners, but this is even say I'm me personally, I'm not a business owner, but I can look at all of this stuff because I'm in leadership in my company. Right. And I can say, how do I, even for myself, streamline my own principles and help contribute to that to the company? How do I look at the sales opportunities that are out there and streamline those, creating sales funnels, creating new emails? How do I even look at the way that I am spending my time day to day? and saying, am I putting it into the things that are going to make this company money or am I putting it in things that aren't actually going to contribute yeah. as much? So, I mean, this is for business leaders and going through the recession and people who are on it, but also every single person listening to this podcast can sit down and evaluate themselves through this process as well.
0: Yeah. Well, and the, the, the principle in your personal life and your business as a leader, it doesn't matter. Double down on what's working.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we just say it that way? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Double down on what's working. You know, JJ, I, I I almost was guilty of this again as I looked at uh, going into 2019 and 2020 and 2021. And you know, our goal is to go from 10 to 20 million, and then from 20 million to 100 million mm-hmm. in one year, two years from now. Mm-hmm. And you know, if we're going to do that, how do we reverse engineer that? And I was thinking, we'll build this, build this, and then I looked at our numbers and went you know what, this little thing that we have over here is growing like crazy. It's actually about 35% of our revenue. I never noticed it because I built it a long time ago, and now it's virtually running itself with a really talented group of people. And then I realized, wait a second, 50% of my effort to get to a $100 million company is right there. Yeah. And I, of course, yeah. I got very excited <laughs> yes, about you
1: that. You You called me. <laughs> I called you. Said, "Wait, the money is
0: literally you're right like, under you our look nose." Look at these
1: numbers. Could we talk? Let's put a meeting on the calendar. You yep. literally called me. It's yeah, what we're doing with and this.
0: that's what and we're going to do. Yeah. And you know, double down on what's working. Hey, you guys, you got the rest of the year before this recession hits. Double down on what's working right now. And you, you know what? You may not even feel the recession. You're going to feel it without knowing it. Yeah. Because you would have grown much bigger, but now you're going to grow slow. But everybody else is sinking, and you're growing. Double down on what's working.
1: Yep, and that's the streamline your product offerings, which leads right into kind of the next piece, which is trim the overhead.
0: And here's why I didn't want you to trim the overhead right away. It sets off alarm bells in the entire organization. Yep. You've got some human capital that if they freak out, it's going to cost you. Yeah. And so you, one, you need to, to get everybody together and say, hey, we're going to get ready for a recession. My goal is to try not to lay anybody off. There may be a freeze on raises yeah. and bonuses and those kinds of things. Here's a tip. Betsy and I are building a house right now. If I freeze... Uh, salaries and bonuses i better not be building a house yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> we got to freeze the house yeah. <laughs> yes there may be some people when you're talking about you know trim the overhead that there's some human capital involved but really what this is about is increasing your profitability right. so looking at those areas in all things you know where you're buying things from vendors which vendors you're using the amount of time it takes to create a product the overhead of using outside contractors what are some things you can bring in side. So it's not just like, who do we fire and get rid of, even though that's often a huge part of the profitability and cost of an organization, but it's really just sitting down and examining everything and going back to what works And say, okay, when we look at what works, how do we continue to just increase the profitability, the profit margin in this space? Right. Where can we cut? Can we even raise prices a little bit? Can we streamline how we do things in order to widen that gap a little bit more?
0: Yeah, and even look at your monthly expenses. Have your CFO or whoever's your controller come back to you and say – Have them give you a list of everything that you're spending monthly income on. Yep. You know, so if they're they're pulling out of your credit card every month for some piece of software that you haven't used in seven years, this is what's great about a recession, JJ. It makes you look at the numbers and go back. We should be doing this anyway. And you know, here's the other thing that I will say about about letting somebody go. Job numbers are up. Mm -hmm. Main Street is hiring. They're still up. More people were hired last year. Let them go now. If there is somebody who you are going to fire, fire them now. And here's why. You can give them severance and they can get another job. You know, you gotta do it now. Don't yeah. wait. It, because you can't be doing you know, I mean you can, you may have to, but during a recession, that's a really tough thing to put on them. And right now the economy is good and they can go get another job. You want to do that right now. Yeah. All
1: right. And the final thing, which kind of all of these really obviously dovetail together, but the final thing is get your finances in order. It's that's what right. you're just talking about. It's really sit down, open up your books. And here's one thing that we even really advocate for is invite other people, trusted people in your leadership and staff to also look at those books with you. Yeah. Be vulnerable with those numbers. Sometimes that's really hard in leadership.
0: It is hard. But and there's a downside to it. We can talk about that <laughs> some other time, but everybody in my company looks every day at how much revenue this company's making. Yep. They know. Yep. I'm not hiding it from anybody. And so, and I'm trying to be really open about where the money goes and yep. what I do with the money and hopefully they'll follow that a model as they yeah. grow older and get wealthier, but you know, invite people into it. Say, hey, where where can we trim some costs here? Here's the other part about getting your finances in order that I think is really important. One, I hope that you have a rainy day fund, mm-hmm. and I know that if your profit margins are really slim and you're operating off line of credits, you don't. But you want to increase the amount of padding that you have, yeah. and you really want to kind of carefully calculate: Is this going to get me through two and a half years? Yep. Right. So if we have a just calculated 25% reduction in business with a, only a slight reduction in overhead and see if you have a padding to get through two and a half years. And, you know, we, we keep a rainy day fund that I th- always thought was just completely luxurious without <laughs> realizing we've doubled in size as a company. Yeah. But I haven't doubled the size of, of my rainy, rainy day, day fund. fund. Yeah. And I suddenly went, oh, wait, I used to be proud of that. It's actually a little slim now. Yeah. You know, I probably can get through six months. And so one of the 2019 goals was, all right, increase the rainy day fund. Mm-hmm. Here's another thing. I'm not a fan of a huge amount of debt. We don't run this company on debt. However, banks don't like to loan you money when uh, you need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you, if you need a line of credit, go get it now. Yeah. Go get it now. And uh, you got that line of credit. Be responsible with it. But again, I'm not a big fan of debt. We don't run this company with hardly any debt. We did finance the building that we're sitting in. uh, But we could have paid for the building with a rainy day fund. So I did that for a cash flow reason and for a security reason, right? And I can always sell the building because I got a good deal on it. And during a recession, it'll still make money. (laughs) Uh, But banks don't want to loan you money. You need to go get that line of credit now, like tomorrow.
1: All of these things that we're advocating for and kind of going to challenge you to do to set up for the recession that's coming are things that you can do internally. They're not things you need to hire people that. from the outside. Other than if you do want to hire somebody to create a sales funnel, you can bring somebody in who's a professional at writing and creating websites. Everything. Yeah, by the else, way, that's going to
0: save you an enormous amount of money because you try to do it yourself. And yeah. it's going to drive you crazy. But
1: internally, you can actually look at all, sit down and prepare for all of this. Take some time, put it on your calendar, and you can walk through these and set yourself up for even stronger than you are now for during the recession and for after. So the the five things, just to kind of go back through them really quickly, are first, refine your guiding principles. Set down align your team around a common vision next create a sales funnel actually sit down look at your products and go through the curiosity enlightenment commitment for each product then streamline all of your product offerings look at them and say which sales do we need to be putting the wind into what's working and how do we move those forward trim your overhead look at how to increase profitability and then also get your finances in order open up your books, take a look at them, and make sure that you're preparing with a rainy day fund now.
0: Yep. And that's it. You can get this at recessionready.com. Just go to recessionready.com and you can download this PDF. It's a great five-point checklist, regardless of whether going into a recession. And I am not exaggerating when I say this. I'm very excited about what I can do with this company during a recession. Yeah. I'm very excited because you don't tend to do things unless there's an exciting incident that makes you do things, but you can do things that are super healthy. It is literally cyclical. Winter is coming, <laughs> 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 right? And during the winter, you got <laughs> grain. Don't become a
1: white walker. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Recessionready.com. If you want to hire somebody to create a sales funnel for you, clarify your message. It's between ten dollars and $15,000. It should be the best money that you have ever spent the idea is that you get an enormous return on your investment go to clarifyyourmessage.com find a marketing agent that's right for you every one of them has spent 4 days with me and i grill into them how to do a sales funnel and not rip people off and i think most marketers they don't mean to but they get cute and clever and they rip people off that you don't get a return so clarifyyourmessage.com for that i'm excited i mean you know it, here's the thing it's not a 50 year recession it's a three year market adjustment in which consumer activity goes down a little bit and you know here's the thing you, you might get to breathe a little bit during this thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you might get a little bit of rest you're not going to go to paris on a vacation but you are you might get a little bit of rest and let's work smarter not harder the recession can be a great great gift for you and again when we come out of it you're just going to smoke your competition Music from this episode is by Andrew Bell. You can listen to Andrew's latest record, Dive Deep, Hushed, on Spotify or on iTunes. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business.